Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Those words that I thought, man, I wish my dad was dead uh, back in the day. Those words were starting to disappear uh, from my journal. They were starting to say, God, would you save his soul? Um, God, would you rescue him because he needs you? It, It was turning into these words of compassion instead of bitterness. And I was like, what am I writing? Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Yes, and we are excited to be here today. This podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, and it can now be found on the Edify app, Pray.com, and KHCB, and anywhere you like to listen. But we wanted to make that announcement quick. You know, music, Todd. Mm, I know, music. I know yes, we've always Wendy. got music going on. But Don't music- you wish you could sing? <laughs> what? I think I can. Really <laughs> Neither can I. We're in the same boat. In the shower or when I'm in the car with the radio up really loud, I can sing. Oh, yeah. Man, I can belt it out. But music can be so healing for Mm. the soul. And research has proven this and has even identified ways in which music is just really therapeutic Mm -hmm. and even, you know, neurologically how it's shown um, its effectiveness. And so, I mean, music is, is really healing, but, but you and music, let's talk about that because I love music. I know you do, but he cannot remember remember the words words (laughs) of a song. I'm like, how could you not know this song? Could you imagine being an artist on stage and just (laughs) never being able to remember the words, especially the song that you wrote? That'd be a problem. Well, no, no, that's not going to happen. But you want, you got to remember songs because they're powerful. And so many of of songs are scripture. Yes. The lyrics are very powerful. I wish I could remember them. Well, what about this one? Who turns a broken dream into a life redeemed? Who can turn your worst defeat into your victory? Who saw me when I was, who saw me where I was and led me where I stand? My life is living proof that only Jesus can. Do you know that song? Yeah, it's uh, I do. I actually do. That's <laughs> I hope Jesus so. can because you gave it away uh, by Austin French. That's a great song. Oh man, is it ever? It. Well, it is an, a powerful song and we have the honor and privilege of speaking with Austin French today. So welcome to your biggest breakthrough. He has an incredible breakthrough story. He's a songwriter, music artist and all around just awesome. Hey guy. Austin, come on so in. So welcome to your biggest breakthrough. Hey. Hey, hey. Thanks for writing that song, by the way. Uh, it was it it's my story. So I'm just kind of grateful that people want to listen to it and and find encouragement in it. Well, I'm just glad that that Todd knew the the words. I mean, you know. <laughs> 
they're right there in the lyrics. Jesus can. You mentioned, you know, messing up lyrics in your own songs. Yeah. That happens. No oh, way. Oh, it does yeah. from the stage. Definitely really? happens. But here's the thing. It's our song. So we just rewrite new lyrics. It's creative liberty. <laughs> I love That's, that. And nobody knows. Seriously, man. <laughs> you never know. You uh, never know. Remix. You know, the th- what's, what's fun about you is you actually really sincerely enjoy what you do. <laughs> that smile tells yeah. it all. We had a chance to, uh, to, to hear you uh, firsthand in, uh, in Nashville get to know back you at a little that bit. little radio conference. Yeah. And um, you opened up that set uh, with you and a couple of other artists. And like you were just about flying off your stool. You were so full of energy and jamming. joy and fun. You remember the song? Uh, I think I did. Uh, it was something new because everybody else was kind of like, where did that come from? Maybe it's just the energy that you brought to it. But man, you love doing what you're doing. Yeah. I do. I, I tell people, uh, you know, I, I drink a lot of coffee. And uh, it's, so it's a mixture between the coffee and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, you know, caffeine and Jesus, that we get along pretty good. And, good. Uh, but no, really, honestly, the reason I love doing what I do is because I have something too good to keep to myself. Um, that's been done for me and, and how selfish would it be to keep to myself? Right. And, uh, and so I, I love getting to do it. Honestly, it's a blessing. Every, every time I get to stand on a stage, it's not lost on me, uh, how amazing those moments are. Oh, I got to stop you for a minute. I just, because you're talking to somebody and probably it's me right now, <laughs> but like, what you got is too good to keep to yourself. Don't hide it under a bushel right. basket. So you, you don't yeah. have to be on stage singing songs, but what about your place of work or what about in your home? God has transformed some things in your life. Talk about it. Love on others by the way in which you've been loved. So yeah. that's, that's a good word, man. And you have been loved well by Jesus, and you have an incredible story. And and part of Jesus can is his breakdown of your story. And um, life hasn't always been uh, just super smooth sailing for you. And we'd love to unpack that a little bit and really get to the the breakthrough that has allowed Austin French to become Austin French today. Yeah, yeah, a lot of years in the making. Well, a lot. You, you're a baby. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got three kids. I feel oh, like an old dude. man. I thought you had two. You have three. How old are they? I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Oh so, my! Uh, Lots none of, of them energy. Sleep. So, uh, so yeah, pray for us. That's why I need coffee. Um, exactly. And Jesus. And, and Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, I, I grew up a pastor's kid. My dad was a, a worship pastor at a, a big church in a small town in Cordill, Georgia. Cordill, Georgia, if you didn't know this, watermelon capital of the world. No. So uh, yeah. if you Did like watermelons, you're welcome. Go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's where I grew up. And my mom was a music teacher. She taught music in our living room growing up. So my, you know, my memories, as far as I can remember, uh, there was music in the picture and in our home and it's just what we did and what we do. And uh, did you have siblings too? Yeah. I had an older sister and a younger sister. I'm the middle, middle kid. And uh, yeah, we just sing. That's kind of how we communicate. Um, And I had a song for everything. And it wasn't probably was when I was in like, uh, I was singing the potty song one day at school and uh, my buddy was like, Hey bro, you can't do that. And you know, so eighth grade, I finally figured that one out. Singing the clean up song. <laughs> clean up, clean up. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had songs for everything. It That's felt cool. like music was in my blood. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it also felt like church was in my blood. So that was kind of the way I grew up was around music. And I was at church every time the doors were open. 
Um, my grandma, uh, which my grandparents on both sides were church planners, missionaries. So I came from like a long line of people um, who had been in ministry. And my grandma gave me a journal and she was like, Austin, this is for you to write all your big God stories in. Uh, as an eight-year-old kid, I remember thinking, what is a big God story? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh, but I do remember the first thing I ever wrote in that journal. Uh, and I remember I wrote the words, I will never be a Christian. Um, wow. I, I actually hated Christians and I didn't want to be one. How eight, old were you? Eight. You were eight. And what, so what motivated, what motivated you to write that? Yeah. So I remember, uh, it was honestly the conversations that, that in the parking lot before we went in church that really got me, um, my dad would turn around and look at my two sisters and look at my mom and me and it was like, okay, uh, pull your sleeves down, hide your bruises, uh, put a smile on your face. We're going to church. You know, I was taught to perform like I was perfect. Uh, perform like everything was peachy and that we were the perfect church little family and we did really good like we were good at performing we were good at pretending um and i couldn't understand as an eight-year-old kid why the godliest man in my life would beat his wife and kids behind closed doors and ask us not to talk about it at church you know it was real confusing as a kid like the best christian in my life was living like this at home uh, living completely different at church and living two different lives. And I just remember as an eight-year-old kid, I was like, I don't want to be a Christian. Like, this is miserable. Uh, I just want to be who I am all the time. And I, why do we have to change? Why do we have to pretend like this is exhausting? Always worried if you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or show, you know, a bruise on your arm. Uh, as, a, as an eight-year-old kid, I was confused uh, of what being a Christian was. Sure. And then, um, you know, later, kind of that year, uh, my my parents' marriage just fell apart, uh, kind of for everyone to see. And um, the pastor of the church that we were going to came to our house, set us down. My dad had hit the road. Every kind of, everything kind of came out about how my dad was abusive and, and what was going on behind closed doors. And it was really ugly. And then uh, the pastor of the church came over and was like, hey, we love you. We're praying for you, uh, but please just never come back to our church again. Mm. Um, you know, and so as a, as an eight-year-old kid, I remember sitting in there thinking, oh, like, I can't see my friends anymore. Like, I can't, like, I lived at the church, it felt like. And uh, now I, I wasn't allowed to go back um, to this church because our family fell apart. So instantly I felt like I was just like damaged goods. Like I, I because I'm not the performer, the perfect perfect family uh, anymore. And you feel I wasn't rejected. Allowed to, yeah, I got rejected by the church, at least that church. And mm -hmm. as an eight-year-old kid, your worldview is what's right in front of you. And so I thought all Christians were fake. And I thought all churches hated really broken people. Wow. Um, and so why would I want to be a part of that? And uh, and so I was, I had it kind of made up in my mind, like, I'm not going to be a Christian um, because I'd rather just be honest um, and I didn't think being honest and being a Christian could go together. As a Isn't kid. that, that's amazing. I mean, right there, I yeah. just have to put a pin mm -hmm. in that because there's someone listening right now that is, is that eight year old right now, but mm -hmm. in an adult body and they have felt that rejection rejection and they have been stewing over this nonsense and, and, and destruction that has happened over the years. And so as you continue to unfold your story, uh, I'm going to ask about how you would talk to that person and maybe help them break through as well, but keep going. 
I actually wrote a song and, and Jesus can is one of them, but I also wrote a song really just for me um, a few years back. No one's heard this song, but it's a song that I just listened to uh, to remind myself. And it's kind of a song I wrote to myself, that eight year old kid. Uh, so anybody listening, you know, I would tell you uh, that that the line for this song is that you don't have to have a broken future if you come from a broken home. Um, and Jesus is really good at redeeming those things. And to be honest, uh, when I was in eighth, eighth grade, really, I would tell these people what really kind of broke through for me. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I wanted to be John Mayer. Uh, I wanted to play guitar and get girls. That's what I was really, <laughs> it's a really deep eighth grader. Oh man, eighth Priorities, grader. Priorities, right? I think that sounds pretty normal for an eighth grade boy. Hey, that's why you didn't become a priest. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, that was it for me. And uh, my mom, I, I convinced my mom to buy me a guitar and then she sent me to a music camp. Turned out it was a Christian music camp. My mom, Jesus, juked me. And uh, <laughs> I got to this music camp and i remember learning all these worship songs and i'm like uh i'm never gonna get a girlfriend learning how to play these songs you know i'll learn them and uh so i learned them and i got this this youth camp kind of thing um got up on stage one night and i just kind of didn't want to be there it was another chapel service so i was like ah i've heard these before and i was over it i was jaded didn't want to be there but uh, I was there anyway, and a guy got on a stage and he said these words, uh, and it's something I'll continue to say the rest of my life and continue to remind myself the rest of my life. He said, don't judge Jesus on the broken people he came to save, because broken people hurt broken people, but Jesus wants broken people. For the longest time, I thought it was the brokenness that kicked me out of church. So long, I thought it was the brokenness that made me unworthy of being a Christian, right? I was taught to, to hide the bruises, hide the scars. I didn't know that Jesus died for my bruises and he died for my scars and he died for everything that was broken about me. Uh, no one told me that. Um, it was always clean up, Austin. You're not good enough yet. And uh, I would tell anybody that is that eight-year-old kid and an adult body today is that you don't have to clean up to go to Jesus. That he he suffered on a tree for really messed up people like me and you. Um, in fact, when people ask Jesus why he came to earth to do the ministry he came to do, he said, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for those that are sick and need a doctor. I don't know about you, but I need a doctor. None of us find the healing when we pretend like we've already found it. Um, it's when we're willing to admit that we need a healer, that we find the healing power of Jesus. And surrender, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. You know, we <clears throat> interview so many people and about their breakthrough stories, and so much of it has to do with the word forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a part of your story. And so as you've moved through, and, and you know, you're 27 now, and You've got some years that you've um, worked with your dad on some things, but I'd like for you to unpack that a little bit more because as a teenager and kind of rebellious, but then you find Jesus and then, yeah. you know, you, how, how do you deal with that? Because your, your parents are now divorced and, and then what, where are you in relationship with him? I hated my dad, uh, hated him. Uh, there was moments I remember uh, in that same journal that I wrote, I will never be a Christian. I remember just wishing my dad was dead. Um, just for what I saw and the way he treated my mom and and us. And so I was just angry and bitter and I had a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. And when I got saved to that, that youth camp, uh, that same guy who got up there and, and said these this 
phrase about who Jesus actually was, I said, well, maybe I should give that a try. Um, and I decided, okay, well, what else has this guy got to say? <laughs> and, uh, and he began to talk about forgiveness and about how none of us deserve the forgiveness uh, from heaven. That's what makes this grace thing so beautiful, um, is that none of us deserve it. Uh, and if you've been given forgiveness from heaven, we are called to now forgive with the spirit that is now inside of us, um, the spirit of heaven uh, on earth. And so I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to forgive my dad. Oh, don't don't say it. Don't do it. And uh, but I remember calling my dad uh, when I got home. I was 13. I called my dad. I hadn't talked to him probably a year or two. And uh, I said, hey, so I gave my life to Jesus at this camp. And this guy's telling me I'm supposed to forgive you. I don't. Um, to be honest, I think you are scum. I don't deserve forgiveness from heaven. And this guy tells me that I'm supposed to forgive like I have been forgiven. So I'm not there, but I want to be. And it really took my dad off guard. And uh, How honest. Uh, How in a really good way. Um, but my dad had a lot of pride and had ran from Jesus uh, after he left the church and after he left our family. And so uh, to hear that he was his his son was trying to forgive him it didn't really sit well with him but it started this process and for a do long you, time do you remember his response or maybe you can't repeat it <laughs> not, not as pg as uh, i would like it to be <laughs> okay gotcha. and what i will say is that it started something in me it didn't it, it may have started something in him oh, to be honest that wasn't my job my job wasn't to work on his acceptance of my forgiveness the job was to let the Lord do something in me that I couldn't do for myself. And, uh, and so sometimes you have to just say the words and you have to walk the road and you have to go through the motions of forgiveness to actually get to the true repentance of forgiveness. And uh, for me, that's how it started was, okay. And it, I found out it was really hard to hate someone that you prayed for every day. So that was, that was it. I, I had a youth pastor that yeah, helped me start un unpacking scripture in my life. And I realized prayer was a part of this journey of following Jesus. And uh, I remember him also saying, hey, you should you're supposed to pray for your enemies. And I was like, well, my enemy is my dad. Uh, I guess I should start praying for him. And so I started praying for him every day. And the heart that I had that was so cold, those words that I thought, man, I wish my dad was dead uh, back in the day. Those words were starting to disappear uh, from my journal. They were starting to say, God, would you save his soul? Um, God, would you rescue him because he needs you? It, it was turning into these words of compassion instead of bitterness. And I was like, what am I writing? <laughs> Who am I? Who have yeah, I become? Right. <laughs> it really was. And I found out it really is. It really is hard to hate someone that you pray for. That is, and, so, uh, and that is so profound and so practical. It, it, it is, it's almost like a, uh, a mandatory um, to-do when you've got someone that you just can't seem to forgive. And I'm guessing somewhere along the line, you were able to separate your feelings in the process from just the actions and the obedience to what God has called you to do, Absolutely. which I think is a key for all of us, right? Absolutely. I, if anything, marriage has taught me is that it, it's not like this magical thing that you wake up and say, I want to serve someone today. <laughs> right, we talk about that. It's not that. It's actually this choice, right? Yes, it's a choice, choice saying, I get to serve someone today. Amen. Um, and same thing with forgiveness and same thing with, you know, this road. It's like, I get 
to, I, I have to choose. Um, I'm choosing the path towards forgiveness. It's not what I wanted. Uh, it was actually something of another world, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's when the surrender to that that makes it start yeah. to be possible. Yeah. So cool. I, I love the fact that that God brought you to a place first of realizing that you needed forgiveness. Because don't you find typically what, what, what people will do is will make comparisons to the bad stuff I do compared to the really bad stuff they do. Mm-hmm. And so even for you as a comparison point, you, you know, you weren't, you weren't beating people like your dad was. And yet God pointed out to you, you are a sinner in yeah. need of forgiveness. Now here's the question. How, how do we, how do we allow others to experience that without pointing the finger and saying, you're a worse sinner than you realize <laughs> because mm-hmm. you have to come to that place or you can't really receive forgiveness and then give it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people want real. I think people want honesty. A lot of times we share the gospel with, Hey, here's what you need. Um, instead of, Hey, here's what I found. A lot, sharing the gospel should be, this is what I found. I found someone who knew me better than I knew myself and he forgave everything I thought was unforgivable in me mm-hmm. and he could do it for you too. Yes. Um, and and when you're honest about where Jesus has found you and where he's brought you from, then it's a, I want to include you in this, not, hey, let me tell you something you need. Um, and I think people respond to humans, right? Yeah. Not robots. Yeah. And uh, I think we have to be more human in, in how we approach people. Like scripture says, I think, right, we have to get rid of the log in our eye before we address the speck. He doesn't say not to address the speck. He just says, get rid of the log in yours first. And so I think a really cool way to say, hey, I had something in my eye. Do you have something in yours? And and talk about what God has delivered you from. And usually that sparks uh, something beautiful in other people too. That's so good. And I was thinking about you and your family um, going to church and kind of putting on this mask. And I think um, there's probably more families like that than we realize, right? So I know you're speaking to somebody today that that might feel like, "Wow, I, I need to I, I need to fall on my face and 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 be born again and have have Jesus come into my life and not act in this manner and really get to the root of it and pull it out." But um, it's just a, another opportunity for us to be compassionate with those in the church because. We're all broken people on some level, but um, I love your music. You're a, a, a prolific uh, songwriter and um, and music artist, and you just have power, uh, just power punching words. And uh, you're you're on a mission to to really help deliver hope through your story and through the words that you sing and speak. But you also are are doing some books around your songs. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We wrote the <laughs> song. Uh, well, we wrote. I wrote an autobiography. Um, and I wrote this, this book about my song, Jesus can, and, and if you want really a a deep dive into where I've been and what the Lord's done in my life, that book, it really kind of started as, let me write a song, a a story about, about the song. And uh, it became more of like, oh, there's a lot, a lot to unpack here. And, uh, it turned into like this novel and, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to do it, but yeah, yeah. So I have a book. Where can, Where can we find the book? Where can we find it? You can find it on Amazon, uh, all those good places. Any And some Christian bookstores out there still carry it. Uh, but yeah, Amazon would be the best place to get it. Or my website, uh, just austinfrenchmusic.com. Okay. Absolutely. And again, what's the name of the book? It's called Jesus Can. Jesus Can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. hey, like the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well I, well, I got to ask you, this is so good. And definitely go to um, austinfrenchmusic.com. Check that out. Um, but 
Um, where are you now with your father? Because you asked him for forgiveness and, and, and saying you're trying to forgive him and not ask him for forgiveness, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, you were letting him know you're looking and trying to forgive him. Where is it now after all these years? After all these years, uh, really something big happened when I was 18. As I began to work that road of forgiveness, I began to not just call my dad every now and then, but I tried to spend time with him, try to do the things that he wanted to do. My dad's real big into pyramid schemes. Uh, and so, <laughs> so I realized I was like, hey, dad, for $19.99 a month, if you'll let me come hang out with you, I will give you 20 bucks for whatever thing you're doing. And, uh, and so I'm sure I'm a part of so many crazy, uh, crazy things, but, uh, but I just wanted to hang out with my dad and, uh, and that was the way I did it. And I remember forcing myself on this 12 hour car ride with him to some convention. I don't even remember the company, uh, but I remember it was this convention and, uh, that was, we pulled over to the side of the road. My dad looked at me in the eyes and he said, I'm sorry for the first mm. time. Uh, and it was a huge breakthrough. And that's the day I got my dad back. And it was like, okay. So yeah, my dad's did one of my cry? best friends. Oh yeah. We both yeah, did. I bet. We both did. That's and, beautiful. And it, here's what's crazy. Uh, my dad ran from the Lord for a long time. My dad, actually that same day, he asked me to disciple him. He asked me to to pray with him and, and teach him what I had found. And as an 18 year old kid, you're like, what is happening um, right now? And so my dad's become one of my best friends. And uh, it's, it's something only Jesus can do. It really is. It's miraculous. And so when people tell me there's things in their life, they can't do, they're right. Uh, but Jesus can do those things. Yes. Um, and it's not up to us. It's about just following something that is bigger than ourselves. And I believe uh, Jesus wants to set a lot of people free. Yes, Jesus can. You're a, you're a great songwriter, and you started really young. It was like really natural for you, writing songs about everything as you're growing up, right? You you and your sisters? Honestly, it was a way It was a way just to communicate. Yeah, and, and I mean, we wrote songs about everything. But, so do yeah. you, so when you write songs today, uh, do you ever feel any pressure when you write it? Like, this better be good, or it won't get released, nobody listen to it. And so are there any little kind of techniques that you use when you start writing? Is there a certain place you go to, a certain way that you get into the writing mode? How does that happen? It might be his little secret weapon. Well, don't I don't get care. Away we want secrets. your secret weapon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, listen, everybody has my secret weapon on their phone. It's called voice memos. And oh, yeah. uh, all of my songs, most of my songs, I would say, uh, come in pieces. And so I'll be in the car picking up my kids at school. And uh, you'll probably hear, you know, some kids yelling in the background as I'm singing into my phone. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's about writing about my life or writing about what God's teaching me uh, or little melodies in my head. And there is a pressure, I think, now more than whenever I was first writing songs, because it's become like on a bigger scale. You have an audience that uh, is used to hearing a certain way. And so you have to fit the audience, but also still be very true to what you're doing. And, um, and so to be honest, like it, it comes in these ebbs and flows, every song that's ever done well for me. Uh, I didn't write for an audience. I wrote for me uh, and it cool. just happened that other people <laughs> wanted to listen to it. And so I guess my secret weapon is writing songs that I need. And, uh, and you know, someone told me once, if you write a song for one person, that's the song that usually reaches a thousand people. Mm. Um, and, and so a lot of times that one person's me and I'm writing the songs that I need to sing to God. That's so cool. And your, um, your family now with your, your three little ones and your wife, 
uh, are you all singers? Yeah, you're all writing songs. Are you all though? writing songs? <laughs> I mean, like, do you have them writing? Do you have a journal for them? How's that going? Oh, uh, yeah. They, uh, they, our fireplace is a stage. And That's great. morning, noon, and night, you can find uh, one of our performers <laughs> putting on a show. <laughs> That's so. very good. That's, That's awesome. Very entertaining. Well, we really <clears throat> appreciate you being here and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot and you can say no. Oh, I you have are, no idea where she's going. I now. know you All don't. Right. Would you, would you sing a little ditty? Mm. Just a little something from Jesus can just totally. Why not? All right. Well, here's the chorus. In the hotel room. I love this. <laughs> why not? Why not? All right. So this, this is the, uh, the chorus of Jesus can who turns a broken dream into a life redeemed. Who can turn your worst defeat into your victory? Who saw me where I was and led me where I stand? My life is living proof that only Jesus can. Yes, I need to put yes. my hand up and yeah. yes, Jesus can. Thank That's you, such a good word, Austin man. French. You are amazing. Yeah. We adore you, and uh, we yeah. will continue to lift you up in prayer as you're out on tour and and you and your family, and uh, just continued uh, best success for you. You know. Thank you. God bless you guys. Hey, Thank God bless you. you. Keep right and stay happy. Yeah. Right, Blessings. Take care. Well, yeah. he um, has just a great story, right? Like you yeah, think, how you, many people are suffering? You don't really realize well, you, it. You know. You think people especially that are in ministry right well right like in professional full-time ministry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would have to have it all together yeah but it, it just it makes me realize too that there's so much more than what we're aware of that goes on with like he said with humans it's the human stuff yeah yeah and rather than take for granted the the people in ministry within our church or our bible studies or wherever we really just need to be very aware that they too have needs things and pray that they're for struggling them with. Exactly. Right. That's I where mean, I was headed. Exactly. Oh, good. I read your mind. <laughs> hey, pray for us while you're at it. Yeah, Those of you listening. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, you're right. We, we just, the power of prayer and yeah. it just, it just takes the, the scales off of your eyes. It, 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 it takes the, the hardened heart and makes it pliable and, and only a way that Jesus can. Yeah. And I just, I just love uh, the fact that he's being authentic and sharing this yeah. because I think someone's going to find hope in that story. And never forget uh, the level of forgiveness that yeah. we've all experienced. And that is because of the love of God through Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of your biggest breakthrough. I hope you'll share it with others and I hope you were inspired and uh, God bless you. And we'll catch you next time on your biggest breakthrough. So glad you could join us today, and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.